Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Golden Ticket Show, where we talk everything betting for the upcoming week. Uh, my name's Dan Hancock, and I will be breaking down the slate. Uh, first, we're going to go through a little, it's going to be a little different this week. We're going to go over the Monday night football plays first. Um, after last week, uh, as the games are starting a little bit early this week, um, and then as well, we're going to go over the plays we mentioned last week, as well as our plays for the upcoming week and how to decipher how the lines are moving um, with all the injuries, all the new player updates we've been getting in the last couple hours. Um, so first thing we're going to do is we're going to do a quick little play on for Monday night football. So the first one we're going to look at is the 715 game Carolina versus New Orleans, a big division rivalry matchup. This this is going to be a very interesting game because if you watched how the Saints played last week, it was it just looked ugly from both sides, them and the Titans. <clears throat> I know it was the Titans, but, you know, it's at the end of the day there. It's this is a team that the Saints, for some reason, have struggled against. They've uh, been the under is hit in four consecutive games. I think there was a stat the other day that they've been held to eleven and a half points per game over the last four um, in the last two years against the Panthers. Uh, so with that being said, we're taking the under on this one. The under was set at um, 39.5. If you look at it right now, we're 15 minutes from 15 minutes from kickoff. And let's see here. The uh, It's still at 39.5. It started at 43, so even Vegas thinks this is going to be a very low-scoring game. I don't see a way between either of these two offenses any kind of movement this year i mean this is uh Derek carr's first game with the team in an uncontrolled weather environment they're outside of the superdome this is a panthers team who just really couldn't seem to find an identity last week they uh the heated we couldn't really see who bryce young's favorite target is they're bringing back dj chark this week which should give them a little help but the Saints do have a tough defense. I think it's going to be a very uncomfortable game for both offenses and a very good game for both defenses. Like I said, the the game, the under is hit in four consecutive. They haven't went over 35 points since the last game Drew Brees played against the Panthers. So that just shows how bad this one's going to be tonight. The unders have hit in every game so far on primetime except for one. Give me an under at 39.5 tonight for that one. That's at minus 110 on FanDuel and DraftKings. Should be an easy cash right, right, right away to start the week. And then next, we're going to look at the second game that kicks off at 8.15, the Pitt versus Cleveland game. It's a, it's another division rivalry game. I really like the fact that there's divisional games to start the Monday night slate. I think the primetime this week being you know New England and Miami, and then you got Pitt, Cleveland, Carolina, New Orleans, uh, it, there's an added, there's something added to it being a divisional game. There's more at stake than just a regular game in week two. With that being said, I love Cleveland minus three here. I don't understand why this line is higher. It, does, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know what they're seeing that's making this line jump up. Um and what's what's really interesting, if you can get it in now, the line's actually at uh, two instead of three. So if you could take it at minus two or minus two and a half, I would by all means go at it again. Um, Pittsburgh's awful. 
you, they saw it last week. This is a team that it's the same team as last year. They don't really know what they're doing. It's going to take them five or six weeks before they feel like they get, they have some kind of a rhythm and they have something they're doing. I think it's just going to take them too long to get anywhere near a playoff spot this year. I think this is going to be one of those years that they finish under 500 and they, they really struggle when it comes towards the end of the season. Cleveland played a great game. It was against the Bengals team who really was struggling. This will be a good chance for them to go 2-0 and in division play and take the lead over the Ravens. And like I said, this is, this is Kenny Pickett is just awful. He's not the quarterback that, that I feel like the Steelers think he is. I think he's just their bridge quarterback until they can get a new draft pick in there. With the blowout and also the news about 30 minutes for game time, Deontay Johnson was announced uh, as inactive today, and he's going to be out the next couple of weeks. And the line still hasn't really moved, I think, which should, is an interesting look. I think that might be thinking something with that Cleveland's going to be able to – or Pittsburgh's going to be able to uh, use George Pickens more and their, off, their offense is going to be used a little bit more. But with no Deontay Johnson – you're relying on George Pickens and you're relying on Najee Harris who just haven't moved the ball. They haven't really done anything this year. I Cleveland has such a good defense this year that I just, I don't see any way that Pittsburgh covers the spread or wins this game or gets anywhere near. I think it's going to be at least a two score win for uh, Cleveland here. So give me Cleveland minus three, or if you want to take it right now, it's at minus two, minus two and a half get that extra half a point there so you don't have to buy it later on. Alrighty, so the next thing we're going to look at is our recap of last week. If you followed us in last week, we made six plays. Um, and we're going to go over, we went three and three in our plays. We bet just about broke even. Um, I think this is going to be a much better week, but we're real quick, we're going to run over our slate from last week and go from there. So our first play last week was the Bengals money line. I thought Joe Burrow was going to have a great game. I thought he was going to bounce back and have an MVP-type game. Clearly, that injury is still bothering him. There's something there that is still going on. Maybe he should have rested an extra week. I know they said originally he wasn't going to play till week two or three. Maybe he should have just waited a week or so out first. Maybe it was just that he was too timid with the ball and their offense was too stale. I, I don't know. it, But when you have a team as – good and star-studded as the Bengals, and you can only put up about 35 yards in the first half in back-to-back games, that's that's not a good sign that there's clearly something going on there. Um, the Ravens, though, on the other hand, the Ravens did look a lot better than I thought they were going to. You have a Ravens team that has, that has been dealing with the injury bug a lot, and they, they shut down the Texans, but that was the Texans. There's not much, much more to that, and you can – kind of see a way that maybe it was just, oh, they beat a bad team. Let's see what they do against real competition. But they showed up. It's, you know, other than Joe Burrow making a comeback in the fourth quarter, there's, um, you know, if you can shut down that offense, that's that's something that the league needs to take notice of. So I actually like the Ravens uh, making some kind of a playoff push this year and taking over. If they don't take the division, they're definitely going to take a wild card spot this year. That's where the team's at, in my opinion. Um, prom- the second half looked great. It looked like the old Bengals team that we're used to seeing, but time will only tell what's going to happen with Joe Burrow's injury. He's still listed as questionable, and he even said himself his leg's not 100%, and he can still feel it hurting. 
So we will have to see what goes on with him in the next week or two before you can kind of see where the Bengals are at for the season. If they try to make a division, uh, a wild card run, if they just try to even make, try to, you know, rest Burrow and rebuild the season. No, it's early. You never know what's going to happen, but these injuries can linger. And that's something that's really going to have to take uh, a toll on this team. Um, but also just remember the Bengals started 0-2 last year and they made it all the way to the AFC championship championship game again. So this this is a Bengals team that knows what it's like to play from behind. So maybe maybe Burrow takes a week off and then all of a sudden they come back and they win 10 straight. You never know what we're going to get with Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow. So time will tell. But yeah, Bengals money line thought it was the move last week. Was not. Our next play was the Colts to win. Colts money line. Easy money every week. I, I, will, I don't care how good of a defensive-minded coach D'Amico Ryans is. I will fade the Texans nearly every week. They have a great defense. They have a very good quarterback. I don't want to say a great quarterback. Time, time's going to tell with him, but they have a good quarterback. He doesn't have weapons. You can't. Damian Pierce is a great player, but he can't be relied on the way like the Titans rely on Derrick Henry. The Giants would rely on Saquon. But there's something with something with that team that you put a great running back with a good quarterback, but you don't give him any wide receiver weapons. And it's it doesn't make sense to me because now because now you have a quarterback who has no one to throw to. Nico Collins was his top target. Nico Collins is nowhere near anywhere near a top running back or should be a wide receiver one on any on anyone's sheet. Granted, he helped us cash out this week, so don't want to go too hard on him, but Nico Collins is nowhere near a wide receiver one on a team where he has to play as the wide receiver one. So Anthony Richardson just dominated that first half. Um, and he really doesn't have any – I don't think he really has any wide receiver weapons either. I didn't see much of the game. But, you know, Michael Pittman has not really impressed me that much. Zach Moss played great. So it with with a, with Anthony Richardson and then potentially having Jonathan Taylor back and now you have Zach Moss as well, it's going to be really interesting to see what the, what the Colts are going to do here if they're going to try to – trade away JT if they're going to try to do a two down back or if they're just going to give him full control again and put Zach Moss on the bench. Um, the injury concerns me going into week three on what the uh, what's going to happen with the Colts because now you got you might have to rely on Gardner Minshew and that's going to be tough for your team. That's going to be a situation that you might not want going into let's see who do they play this upcoming week when you go up against um, a team like the Ravens, you, you don't want to go with your backup quarterback. You want to go with your top quarter, uh, your top quarterback. So hopefully AR comes back. If not, I, it's going to be a very interesting game to see if Minshew is back or if it was just going up against a struggling Texans team that caused that game to not get out of hand. But, yes, we cashed the Colts money line right there. We also we had two bets for the Lions game. I had said Lions to win and the Seahawks to cover the spread at plus six. Seahawks covered the spread. The Lions could not win that game. Uh, that was that was probably the most entertaining game other than that on the one o'clock slate um, that you could watch. They were down, I think, 14 points going into the fourth. They came all the way back. 
won the game in overtime. Um, I know there's a lot of controversial calls at the end of the game. They thought Hutchinson was getting held when he threw the touchdown pass, and there wasn't any review for it. We faded Gino on our Twitter page. Um, he bounced back, kind of bit me in the ass there. Uh, I thought the Lions' defense was going to be a little bit more legit than they were after seeing the play against the Chiefs. I was with a lot of people on that one. Uh, but now that uh, now that week two is over and we see, you know, not what a Super Bowl contending team do, but a playoff contending team can do to the Lions, what is the next step for their defense? Is it it goes back to the questions like last year, like are they a legit defense? Are they what did they play good against the Chiefs because there was no Kelsey, or is it going to be like last year where it's you got to wonder if they're going to give up fifty points or if they're going to shut a team down? So that that's something to really watch out for in the next couple of weeks if you want to keep an eye on that one. Um, but the Seahawks, that was a great way to bounce back after an embarrassing loss to the Rams. You he Gino used all of his targets. I I looked at the box score and, and there wasn't anyone that stuck too far out because everyone was just so evenly matched. Fant had a lot of catches. Lockett had two touchdowns. Metcalf had a great game. Kenneth Walker had a great game. That is more of what everyone was expecting from this team this year. So going into week three against the Panthers team, I hopefully expect more of that. We'll, but we'll get to that one a little bit later. And our next one was Chiefs minus two and a half. Mahomes went crazy. I don't know. I got this line before Kelsey came in. After Kelsey came in, the line went up to four and a half. Uh, so even then, it's still covered regardless. Um, but Mahomes on his birthday just went off over 300 yards. Um, Chris Jones and Kelsey came back. It was definitely a little bit slow for them coming back. I think that um, that definitely played a part in why this game was so close. Kelsey didn't have a lot of yards. Chris Jones was there all game, but you know, only two tack, two and a half tackles. Um, it, everything was evenly spread. Eleven receivers caught passes, and they they you could really see the benefit that Kelsey has on this team. That the fact that. The last week, you kind of knew he was going deep ball, and you knew he was going to Kadarius Tony. This week, Sky Moore had great yards. Justin Watson had great yards. Tony had a decent game, and Kelsey had a good game on his own. So it it really shows the impact that Kelsey has. That you know they have to cover down on the best on the best player on the team so much that everyone else gets open. Um, but I the the secret to that game, I think it was Pacheco. I think he's going to be a secret key to this offense all season. If you watch him play, he runs like he's angry at the ground. And when he runs, it's hard to it's hard to stop him. And I think that was the one thing that could really help this team going on through this year is not only do you got to watch out for Mahomes to throw it 50 yards down the field, but you got to watch out for the running back to uh, break off a 15-yard run and tire your defense out. So that great game from the Chiefs. I, it's going to be – they got to really go back to how they were in the first half, but – or how they were in the first half last year, excuse me, but uh, that's that was one of the that was a big game against a potential playoff opponent they're gonna have to face again, um, but possibly this year. And the last one was Giants minus four and a half. That was one of the ugliest but most fun games I've ever seen in my life. You, if you, if you're a degenerate like me, you bet on the bet on the Giants to win at halftime just for fun, and it luckily cashed out. Um, I think I made a hundred bucks off that. So thanks, Daniel Jones. Um, I'm gonna go buy your jersey tomorrow. Uh, 
But this this Giants team is going to be bad. This this is going to be an ugly season. Now that Saquon's out for, I think they said he's out for at least the next week, and he's questionable for the next two. This this is this is going to be such an ugly team this year. Um, they the first half was just a hangover from the Cowboys game. You know, you go down sixty point, you give up sixty points consecutively without scoring over a game and a half. Your, your coach is going to light a fire in you, and you either give up or you pull out what they did. And that and it was a good thing they did because now if they went 0-2, you were going to have to shut their season down. I'm, I'm pretty sure you can go ahead and call their season dead right now in this division, but that was a that was a very ugly game to watch, watching the Cardinals team put up 28 points in the first half. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have any wide receivers. They don't really have a running back either. James Conner's good, but he's not a star, and – they just absolutely dominated. Um, the thing to look for the rest of this year is going to be what's going on with Saquon. He signed a one-year deal to prove himself, and now he's going to be out for at, least, at most three weeks. And so now he's missing a good portion of the season, and he's going to have to catch back up to pace against playoff contending teams. So if you're a Saquon fantasy owner, if you like Saquon to bet, be very cautious of watching him over the next couple of weeks. And the real the real question is how are they going to use Jalen Hyatt? Because if you watch that game, he was their offense. If it wasn't for the two 40-yard passes, they there was no chance they won that game. Those passes right there gave them all the space in the middle. Waller's ability to catch, Hodgins' ability to catch, Daniel Jones' ability to run. None of that would have been available had it not been for the deep bombs that they had to start watching out for because Jalen Hyatt was getting used. So it's going to be really interesting on Thursday to see what they do against a great defense in the Niners and how they're going to use these wide receivers. Um, and especially what their game plan is going to be without Saquon, because I, I don't know what the plan is, but Matt Breed is going to have a very rough night on Thursday. So again, three and three, we were up, we were up half a unit on our plays this week. So that puts us up one and a half units on the season right now for college football, excuse me, not college football, NFL. Um, so we're going to go into our week three plays with everything that's going on right now for that. We know right now going into this week, we have four plays right now. We might have a fifth one if I could talk myself into it while we're on air right here. So the first one's going to be the Vikings and the Chargers over 54 and a half points. Now, this one is something I think is going to rise very, very quickly. I've, there's a couple websites that have it at 53 and a half, a couple books that have it around 53 or 52 and a half, but this line started at 49 and a half on last month, on last Thursday. It's went up four points after just one game from each team. This is going to be a shootout. And I'm oh, I'm one for two right now on saying these games are shootouts. I thought the Chiefs game was going to go over. But this, I think this game is going to be probably one of the highest scoring games of the year. You have a Chargers team who is going up against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And you have a Vikings team that somehow each week has a quarterback who can bomb the ball down the field and throw for 300 yards every week. I don't know how Kirk Cousins does this every single week. He looks terrible. 
it looks clunky and ugly. And then you look at the box score and he's got 350 yards and four touchdown passes. So I think this is something that um, when you look at it more, this is going to, this line's going to rise. It's going to keep going up and up. Um, Both teams scored over 20 points last week with very, very bad defenses, very porous open defenses. And they're going up against each other and they both have worse defenses than what they faced. Cousins is just going to throw it. You have Jefferson, you have Addison that they've been liking using. They have Madison, Hawkinson. He's just going to fire the ball down the field every single week. And Herbert is going to have to make plays to keep them alive. And I know it's weird. I I think the Chargers should be ahead in this game, but I have a very strong feeling Cousins is going to score first and the Vikings are going to score first. And then all of a sudden now Justin Herbert's going to have to try to catch up. And they're both just going to be playing catch up with each other. And it's just going to go score after score after score after score. Um, if Eckler is active, we don't know anything on him yet. He's still listed as questionable. If Eckler comes out as active, um, this line's definitely going to jump up. So take this while you can right now. I would take it all the way up to 56 and a half. And if you see it drop anywhere, take that again. Just keep taking it. I took, I took it at 54 and a half and then it went down to 53 and a half for about 30 minutes and I took it again. So make sure you just keep an eye on those lines and take it. The next one is going to be the Lions minus three and a half. The, this one feels very weird to me. The I know the Falcons are two and zero. Oh, I know, but I feel like the Vegas is buying into the Atlanta hype this year a little too, but too much. I think just like the NFL is, I think the Falcons have a chance at winning this division, but I don't see how this line is so low. Lions lost last week. And they do have a couple of questions they'll have to answer. But I what what is Ritter gonna do against this defense? Honestly, I feel like what we saw from him last week could have been a fluke. I think you have two very gutsy coaches and Arthur Smith and Dan Campbell, who are gonna go for it on fourth down a lot. But I just think that Detroit's defense is gonna lock up. They're not gonna lose two in a row at home. And I think the Lions are going to pull out with this one. Um, I think the key for them this game is they just have to play slow pace. I think that that's what worked well for the Packers in the first half was they just drove the ball down the field and just slowed the game down. and didn't give um, Atlanta a chance to get their offense going for a while. So if the Lions can do that, just like they did to the Chiefs, I, I think they'll come out of this easily. Um, give me the Lions minus three and a half there. And our next play is going to be the Seahawks minus four and a half. And this one, I I feel like this is why you got to take lines on a Monday for the next week because Vegas is not paying attention yet. They're still waiting to see what happens on the Monday night games before they decide anything else on the rest of the week. And like I say, if you watch games, if you watch books, the lines move up and down every day based on who's playing, what the injury report is, all of that. This is one that I think is going to be this, this line's going to jump. I think unless, unless Carolina just absolutely destroys New Orleans tonight by like two, three scores, which I don't think is happening there. There's no way this line doesn't jump up to at least um, a touchdown or at least like eight or nine points. Uh, I I don't see – there's nothing in that defense that amazes me. You have J.C. Horns out. Um, Brian Burns is really about it. 
I like, and you have a very solid defense in Seattle going up against a rookie quarterback with his best weapon being a third tier tight end uh, and a third tier wide receiver in Adam Thielen. Um, it's a playoff contending team versus a rebuilding team. Like we said with the Lions and the Seahawks, the Seahawks are going to be trying to fight for that second playoff spot or a wild card spot. And the, and the Panthers are just trying to see what they can do with this team. So they know who's on the team next year when they get another top graphic. I, we, but we did learn our lesson last week. We had a four point spread game that team got blown out of the water in the first half and made it a very, very difficult and stressful game with the Giants. So maybe that's going to be the trend this year is if a underdog should be way is way undervalued or way overvalued and the spreads at a four, go ahead, take them right there. Um, but no Seahawks minus four and a half is a lock this week. I, there's no, nothing the Panthers have done to impress me that they're going to keep pressure off of Bryce Young and nothing they've done to make make me think that they're going to even beat the Saints tonight, let alone the Seahawks next week. So lock that in, Seahawks minus four and a half. And our last play of the day is good. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter stream today, guys. A lot of um, with the games going on, didn't get a chance to get a lot of stuff in. So we have the Bears team total under 17 and a half this week. It's the Bears. That that's all I need to say. Like this this offense is so ugly. Like sports personalities have already called the season over at 0 2. They're calling the Justin Fields era over. Um, I know it was Barstool, but they're they're calling the Justin Fields era over, and it's it's just terrible to watch. Like I this this game's gonna be one of those games you put on red zone, you see the first score, and then you don't see anything of it for 45 minutes. It like it's the Chiefs' best defensive player wasn't even really prepared this week. He had, he had no spring training or no training camps, no no week one. He just kind of jumped back in there, and he still played decently. And they still held the Jaguars in nine points, who is a much better offense than the Bears. And Trevor Lawrence has a lot better weapons than Justin Fields does. It's it's going to be a rough day for Fields. You're we're going to see a lot of a lot of sacks possibly a lot of interceptions, a lot of bad throws, and a lot of scrambling. Mahomes just signed his new contract, and I think he's going to want to prove his worth because he just signed the contract to match his level with the top uh, recruits for the year, or the recruits, the the top quarterbacks um, in the league, and he's going to prove himself again. This is going to be another 300-yard game for him easily. Uh, they're going to shut this team down. Uh, the only way this line goes over is a garbage time touchdown with like a minute left in the game, and I don't even see that happening. So give me the give me the Bears team total under at 17 and a half. And so there's our four plays for week three. We're going to have some more throughout the week on uh, Pickett as well as Twitter at Gotham Gambling with the logo right behind me. Uh, we Vikings Chargers over 54 and a half Lions minus three and a half Seahawks minus four and a half and the Bears under 17 and a half total points. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. We're going to we're going to look at the MLB standings right now and we're going to take a look at the projection numbers of what this what each thing is what each team is going to look at going into um, the last couple weeks. 
Um, if you're following baseball at all this year, the wild card has been crazy since July. There's still about five to six teams that are fighting for a spot right now. I know the Rays and the Orioles both just clinched a playoff spot. The Braves have clinched. Dodgers have clinched. But we have a lot. We have about 10 games left in the season. And a lot is going on because a lot of these wildcard teams are facing each other. Um, the Braves are in Dodger. Yeah, Braves, Dodgers, Rays, Orioles are all in. Um, the teams that are fighting right now, you have the Rangers, the Blue Jays, the Mariners, and somehow, somehow the Yankees are still technically alive in the playoffs. And if you told me that a couple weeks ago, I would I would think you're high. Um, they're literally – if the Blue Jays and the Mariners get swept this week on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and the Yankees win two out of three, they're a game and a half behind in the wild card. So – this is big because like you're you have four teams that are fighting for a spot just to survive. Um if you look at it, I think it's gonna I think the Mar- I think the Mariners, they hit that hot streak. I think they're falling out. I think they're done. They they have a really easy weekend coming or not an easy weekend, but they have a couple of days coming up. They're facing the A's. They have a chance to really like put themselves ahead of some of these teams, but they, they they struggle. Apparently, they've struggled against the A's. I saw that today. JP Sears has a .08 ERA against this team, and like I said, this is their chance to make it. If they can get a sweep here, I guarantee they're making the last wild card spot. And the Rangers and them are going to take the last two spots. If they if they can win two, they're still in good hands. I think. They're falling out, though. I think the Rangers and the Blue Jays are going to take the last two spots in the AL, and I think in the NL, I think the Diamondbacks and the Cu- and the Diamondbacks and the Cubs are going to take it. I don't think the the really it's the last spot they're fighting for. Um, the Marlins, the Diamondbacks, and the Reds, um, because Philly's pretty much locked up that spot. The Cubs and Brewers are going to come down to the last game of the season. Because these two teams are about a game and a half, two and a game and a half away from each other, and they face each other in the final weekend. So, with that being said, we're gonna next week we're gonna have our official playoff predictions in for each seed, how it's gonna look. Uh, right now, I think you have the Cubs, and I'm gonna take the Diamondbacks. I think they're staying hot, and I think the Diamondbacks are taking that last playoff spot, and they're gonna be facing Milwaukee in the first round of the playoffs. So with that being said, all these picks will again be posted tomorrow on Twitter. We'll be posting our daily picks starting to, uh, starting back tomorrow. Make sure you give us a follow on Gotham Gambling on Twitter and Picket, Instagram, and Facebook. We're going to be posting more often. We're going to be posting new parlays. We're posting a couple of promotions. And if you missed it last week, we have a promotion coming up throughout the NFL season. Every Thursday night, the followers on our page will pick our bet for the Thursday night football game. And the winner and whatever amount we win by the end of the season, whoever we pick one random follower and they win the entire cash prize. So last year, we had a couple friends do this on their page. The winner won about $900. So we're putting a bet down each week, whatever profit we make off that bet. One lucky winner gets all of that money from the whole NFL season. So all you got to do is just follow the page, like uh, like the posts, and vote, and we give you guys e- easy money at the end of the year. 
So with that being said, we do want to thank you for your time today. Thank you guys for listening in and following along. Make sure again to check us out on Twitter at Gotham Gambling. We're posting every single day, everything from where we let Madden make our picks. We post videos, ladder challenges, things like that. So if you love gambling, you want more insight, you want some winning picks, come check us out. Thank you guys. Y'all have a good night.